the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today we're going to take a look at the headlines, but we'll also share a conversation I had yesterday with Kevin Palau. We aired it yesterday in the latter part of the second hour of today's program. And because the message is so relevant and important to the church, I wanted to give those of you who listen in the first hour an opportunity to hear that conversation as well. So Kevin Palau will be featured in the latter part of this first hour. He's the president. CEO of the Luis Palau Association on Together PDX sponsored Together 2023. It really is the culmination of a summer long um, focus on ministry and evangelism. Worship on the waterfront is coming up on July the 23rd. The summer of service is ongoing through August. And then there's also a prayer for the city that has begun and will continue uh, through the um, weekend before the Worship on the Waterfront event. All those important details we'll talk with um, Kevin Palau about in uh, the latter part of this hour. If you want to check that out before then, you can go to togetherpdx.org for all the important details. Well, Texas Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw tore into Democrat witnesses, a Democrat's witness on Wednesday over her inability to cite one single medical study that states the benefits of transgender surgeries for minors. Now, keep in mind, the debate is over minors. Crenshaw's comments came during a House Committee on Energy and Commerce uh, when he questioned a Yale School of Medicine assistant professor about her proposal or rather his proposal to withdraw funding from certain hospitals that provide surgeries, puberty blockers, and cross-sex hormones to transgender minors. AI program flags uh, Chinese products alleging um, allegedly made with forced labor. So you can find out where the product you're about to purchase has been made. A tech firm, Ultra, has developed an artificial intelligence-powered tool it believes will help analysts identify products coming from China through the platform Temu, uh, that were created using forced labor, possibly from the Uyghur population. The White House appears to be blowing off its own internal watchdog by continuing to use the term MAGA in official communications, despite warnings that staffers who do so are violating the Hatch Act, according to an Axios report. MAGA Republicans has become a staple boogeyman in the Bush or rather the Biden administration as it continues to navigate a porous southern border, an uncertain economic outlook and topless transgender activists at the White House. However, the White House's use of the term appears to go against federal election rules. The Office of Special Counsel warned the Biden administration that using the term MAGA is an official capacity violate um, in its official capacity violates the Hatch Act. Now, the Hatch Act is legislation that prevents elected office holders from using government resources to engage in campaign activities. The term MAGA is synonymous with former President Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, mainly because it was his slogan. MAGA remains the campaign slogan 
opinion of a current candidate for partisan political office, and therefore its use constitutes political activity, the OSC wrote in a memo. Accordingly, federal employees should not use MAGA or Make America Great Again while on duty in the workplace or when acting in their official capacity, including communicating through social media, email or on government websites. It continued. San Francisco Mayor London Breed's verbal sparring match with a city official over the role of police in fighting the drug crisis could signal a tone shift there, according to one cautiously optimistic activist. It sent a message, I think, to San Franciscans that the age of this kind of democratic socialist radical politicking in San Francisco is coming to an end, recovering addict uh, activist Tom Wolf told Fox News. The Biden administration announced this week that it is extending protection from deportations to more than 330,000 immigrants from four countries who were shielded by temporary protected status, although one top Democrat senator said the move simply does not go far enough. The Department of Homeland Security announced that it's rescinding a move by the Trump administration to end TPS, again, temporary protected status for nationals from El Salvador, Honduras, Nepal and Nicaragua and extending the protections for an additional 18 months. It's expected to shield about 337,000 migrants. Some will be here illegally or at risk of overstaying their visa. TPS authority allows the Department of Homeland Security to protect nationals of designated countries living in the U.S. from potential deportation if they're eligible, allows them to apply for work permits, and gives them the freedom to travel. TPS is based on three grounds, armed ongoing conflict, environmental disasters, or extraordinary and temporary conditions. There are currently 16 countries designated for TPS, many of them either designated or extended by the Biden administration. Critics of the administration on the right, they've decried the use of the authority as amnesty light. Former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio was fined nearly $475,000 on Thursday for misusing city resources during his 2020 presidential campaign. New York City's Conflicts of Interest Board penalized the former mayor for having the city pay for his NYPD security details, travel costs to and from campaign events in 2019. Expenses included lodging, car rentals, airfare and meals. De Blasio was ordered to reimburse the city nearly $320,000 in addition to a separate $155,000 fine. According to the New York Times, it's a, the largest fine the board has issued in its history, in addition to being the strictest penalty. The former mayor threw his hat in the ring during the 2020 presidential um, the primary season, running a campaign from May of 2019 to September. He dropped out of the race after polling poorly. Democrats in the House and Senate on Thursday introduced a bill that would give immigrants immediate access to a range of federal benefits instead of making them wait five years. Congress passed legislation in 1996 requiring most immigrants to wait five years after obtaining their official immigration status before they can access Medicaid, food stamps and other federal programs. That requirement was passed as part of the Personal Responsibility and Work Opportunity Reconciliation Act, which the House and Senate passed by a three to one margin and President Bill Clinton signed into law. But under the bill from Representatives Pramila Jayapal and Tony Cardanis, Senator um, Nazi Hirano 
the five-year waiting period would no longer apply. Democrats said the arbitrary five-year waiting period makes it harder for immigrants to obtain critical benefits and services. The bill was proposed in the midst of what Republicans say is an immigration crisis as millions of migrants continue to cross into the U.S. illegally. Many Republicans have said these unchecked migrants are, are uh, leading not only the uh, to a drain on the uh, federal res- resources, rather, but are a means of drug trafficking and other problems and say President Biden's non-enforcement of U.S. immigration laws is attracting more. Two and a half years into the Biden era, the number of CNN fact checks of Donald Trump and Republican politicians continue to dwarf those of the current president. CNN's chief fact checker, Daniel Dale, hasn't published a fact check of President Biden since March 30th according to his online database. Since that time, though, his database shows 21 byline stories or on-air appearances that fact-checked claims made by Republicans, most of them by Trump, but also Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, and Representative Lauren Boebert. Now, it may be the fact that the president speaks so little, there's little to fact-check, but it's not uncommon to see the Biden White House page of the CNN fact-check site solely populated with fact-checks of the former president, not the current one. Rather odd. An ABC News reporter admitted he was advised against appearing live in downtown San Francisco for his Good Morning America segment due to the rise in crime on Wednesday. Chief National Correspondent Matt Gutman, he reported on the news that Westfield Mall would be shutting down, one of the latest in a series of major stores closing in the city. Though the shopping center cited a decline in sales and foot traffic as the reason, Gutman noted that San Francisco was at risk of becoming a so-called zombie city due to a rise in robberies and ongoing fentanyl crisis. In fact, Gutman remarked that his crew has been told not to film live in that area of downtown San Francisco because of the location being too dangerous at 4 a.m. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Later this hour, a conversation I had yesterday with Kevin Palau about Together 2023, culminating in the worship on the waterfront. All the important details coming up shortly. Also, we'll feature this week's Christian Outlook. Stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on this Friday afternoon. Coming up in our next couple of segments, a conversation with Kevin Palau on the uh, events taking place this summer, Together 2023. Well, again, turning to the headlines, President Biden lashed out at a reporter on Thursday who asked why the FBI document alleging a criminal bribery scheme between him and a foreign national referred to him as the big guy. Why did the Ukraine FBI informant file refer to you as the big guy, President Biden? Why is that term continuously applied? The New York Post reporter Steve Nelson asked the president following his remarks at an event. Why do you ask such dumb questions? The president responded before staff ushered the press out of the room. Well, the document makes uh, reference to the big guy, which has been uh, said to be a reference to the president, who was at that time vice president. The Burisma executive reportedly told the confidential source that he didn't pay the big guy directly. Israel's Minister of Diaspora Affairs and Social Equality told Fox News Digital on Thursday that Alex Soros is a mirror image of his father George's anti-Israeli uh, agenda. Alex recently took uh, took over the reins of the 92-year-old's $25 billion fortune. When asked if Alex will continue to fund anti-Israel entities that bash the Jewish state, Amici Chikali said that it looks like the son is a replica of the father. We have no expectation that his son 
uh, will be a big Zionist. Well, he uh, Chickley is an outspoken critic of organizations that seek to strip Israel of its legitimacy as a Jewish state, singled out two American NGOs that he said George Soros and his Open Society Foundation fund. Human Rights Watch, this uh, organization is attacking Israelis heavily and attacking Israel as an apartheid state and delegitimizing and demonizing Israel, the minister said. He added that Soros and his uh, Open Society Foundations also funds J Street, an organization that claims to be pro-Israel, but has faced criticism because of its support for positions that allegedly favor Iran's regime and the Palestinians, including a recently reported anti-Israel event in Congress by Democrat Representative Rashid to leave in Michigan. Well, China wants to militarize artificial intelligence and big tech firms might not even be on our side. And we're talking about U.S. big tech firms, writes Joel Thayer. And a U.S. district judge, Aileen Cannon, issued her first order since former President Donald Trump pleaded not guilty to charges brought by special counsel Jack Smith for allegedly mishandling classified information, instructing the parties to get the ball rolling to obtain security clearances for the lawyers who will need them. In a Thursday order, Cannon gave all attorneys of record and forthcoming attorneys of record a Friday deadline for getting in touch with the Justice Department's litigation security group so that they can expedite the necessary clearance processes. By the 20th of June, she wants the lawyers to file a notice confirming they have complied with her instructions. A study reveals men are two to three times more likely to overdose on drugs than women. The study found that men had a two to three times greater rate of overdose uh, mortality from opioids like fentanyl and heroin and um, other drugs like methamphetamine and cocaine. And while it's known that men um, use drugs at higher rates than women, the researchers found that this alone does not explain the gap in overdose deaths, noting that biological, behavioral and social factors likely combine to the increase in the mortality risk for men. House Republicans introduced a plan to address student debt Thursday afternoon as the Supreme Court is set to rule in the the coming weeks on whether President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan can remain in effect. The Federal Assistance to Initiate Repayment Act, led by Republicans from the House Education and Workforce Committee, would provide targeted student loan relief for borrowers who already paid back more than they originally owed taxpayers in uh, partial in principle and interest. Streamline several existing income-driven repayment plans into one system and give defaulted borrowers another chance to rehabilitate their loan. The legislation would also cap borrowing for graduate students, with the lawyers arguing that generous loans have encouraged colleges and universities to ramp up their tuition costs. The new plan comes at a crucial moment for the 43 million people with student debt. Senator Bernie Sanders and Representative Pramila Jayapal, they teamed up On Wednesday, to reintroduce a bill in Congress that would make public colleges and universities tuition free. The Bicameral College for All Act would eliminate tuition and fees for most families and make community college free. It would also allow students from single households making less than $125,000 a year and married households making less than $250,000 a year to go to public colleges and universities without having to pay tuition. Governor Greg Abbott held a bill signing ceremony at the Capitol to sign Senate Bill 15 or the Save Women's Sports Bill. The law requires athletes at Texas colleges and universities to compete on teams corresponding to the student's biological sex at birth, barring trans athletes from competing with their gender identity. 
Alliance Defending Freedom writes that since the NC2A refuses to protect fairness for female athletes, states must ensure women in college have the same equal athletic opportunities that they were afforded in high school. Jerry Nadler claims it's uh, child abuse for not masking a two-year-old child. Well, the obsession with forcing children to wear masks took another absurd turn on Wednesday. One of the most obvious and inarguable mistakes being, of course, forcing toddlers to wear masks. Well, evidence has conclusively and repeatedly shown that masks are completely ineffective at reducing the spread of respiratory viruses. In short, it's clear that the actual science shows masks don't work for adults. And there's even less science showing that they work for children. At 76-year-old Democrat Representative Jerry Nadler took to the floor of the House yesterday not to move past child masking, but to forcefully defend it. Uh, Democrats are still arguing today in Congress that two years odds uh, needed to two year olds rather needed to be in masks and that it would uh, would have been child abuse not to do so. The Wall Street Journal reports that the Justice Department has notified the PGA Tour that it will review the tour's planned merger with uh, live golf's Saudi backers for antitrust concerns. People familiar with the matter say initiating a regulatory obstacle to the stunning deal that the warring golf bodies hope to will stabilize the divided sport. A government watchdog group is suing the FAA for not releasing Pete Buttigieg's private taxpayer funded flight information. A government watchdog group filed a a federal lawsuit against the FAA, arguing the agency has stonewalled records detailing the transportation secretary's use of private government jets. North Korea test fired two short range ballistic missiles Thursday and its first uh, such launch in about two months, which came after it uh, failed in late May. Uh, to put a spy satellite into orbit. The missiles were launched as the U.S. and South Korea ended live fire drills this week near the border of North Korea. One vital thing a child needs from their dad is a relationship. Researchers have found that fathers help their kids grow via a relationship that aids in social adjustment, raises graduation rates, and improves children's mental health. The Atlanta says that in their approach to child rearing, fathers are more likely to encourage their children to take risks, embrace challenges and be independent. In other news, a U.S. cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency has been tracking a cyber attack against several federal government agencies by a Russian based hacking group known as CLOP. Uh, The um, organization explained that the hackers exploited weaknesses in the widely used application move slash IT. In fact, Uh, The state of Oregon issued um, guidance on this just yesterday. Both government and private companies have been exploited by this hack. CLOP generally uses its attacks to demand ransom money, though the group has not made any such demands of federal agencies that have been compromised thus far. In a hearing this week with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, Tennessee Republican Representative Mark Green observed that in just two years of Joe Biden's presidency, more illegal aliens have entered the country than in the 12 years of the Obama and Trump administrations combined. Green further noted that Medicaid spending on illegal aliens more than doubled in one year, going from $3 billion in 2020 to $7 billion in 2021. Well, coming up, we're going to share a conversation I had yesterday with Kevin Palau, president and CEO of the Luis Palau Association, on Together 2023, it includes worship on the waterfront on July the 23rd, a summer of service that will continue through June and into August, and a prayer for the city happening now. 
All those important details in our conversation coming up next right here on The Georgine Rice Show, followed by this week's The Christian Outlook. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, if you haven't noticed, there's something going on here in the Portland metro area that you need to know about. We're talking about Together 2023 that will culminate in a worship event at the Portland waterfront on Sunday, July the 23rd. But it's not just limited to that. You are invited as churches from all around the Portland area are coming together in service and in prayer. And as I mentioned, it will culminate in a family-friendly worship gathering featuring local worship leaders joined by special guests, including Matt Redman. Well, here to talk with us about that is Kevin Palau, who is president and CEO of the Luis Palau Association. Under his leadership, uh, the, the association has united tens of thousands of churches in hundreds of cities to love and serve their communities and to clearly share the good news of Jesus. Kevin has also helped develop a global network of hundreds of partner evangelists and launched a city gospel movement's effort to unite churches to serve their city and to proclaim the good news on an ongoing basis. Kevin has also helped lead Together PDX, and he joins us now to talk about this summer. Kevin Palau, it is a pleasure to have you with us. It's so good to hear your voice again, Georgine, and uh, we've worked together for many years on stuff in Portland. Well, we have, and I'm so grateful for your leadership and the role that the Palau Association has played in bringing the church together to express the love of Jesus here at home and certainly around the world as well. So kudos on your efforts in that regard. Exciting. It's exciting. And, and, you know, we travel all around the world as the Palau's. We love Portland, and, you know, this hasn't been the most, the easiest season for the church or for a city like Portland, but what an opportunity to come together once again. We, you know, we are one in Christ. It's just things like this give us the, ex- the excuse, so to speak, to demonstrate that unity internally that, so that we remind ourselves mm-hmm. as people from hundreds of different churches that we are one in Christ, but also to remind the city we're here we love the city, we care about meeting the needs of our neighbors, and we want to come together and worship and share the good news. I am so grateful uh, that you and your your brothers and the Palau Association are continuing the legacy of your father, Luis Palau. I still struggle with <laughs> recognizing that he's no longer with us. I he's know, in the presence of the right. king. But I'm so grateful yes. for that legacy. I, yes. I mean, we think about that all the time. He was the real deal. You know, he practiced yes. what he preached. He really did. He loved people, people that were different from him. Uh, people in Portland loved him. He had great relationships with whoever the mayor was. He just had that winsome fragrance of Christ, and he wanted people to know Jesus. And, and that's what we're hoping will happen this summer as churches work together once again, and, and, and they're down in the waterfront um, Sunday, July 23rd. Well, tell us generally about Together PDX. And again, you've kind of explained the heart of calling the body of Christ together. But tell us a little bit about this this uh, effort. Well, so Together PDX, it's funny, it's really just a name that we finally landed on for what's happened with many churches in Portland since the last festival we did way back in 2008. Those of you that are old enough and have been around long enough, we'll remember that way back in 2008, we gathered tens of thousands of people in Waterfront Park with Dad, and we had Toby Mac and Lecrae and all these different amazing bands. We served the city for months, and then we had this big evangelistic festival. And since then, 
well over 150 churches of all different denominations have continued to work together, pastors meeting together in prayer groups around the city, serving the community together uh, in areas like foster care and serving our public schools and serving our refugee community. And, and for years, we, we purposely didn't want to over-organize that. We wanted it to just mostly be a relational network of churches. But about five years ago, we said, you know what? Let's just finally call it something so that there's less confusion. Let's have a website just to kind of celebrate the good things God's doing within the, and among the churches and also point toward ways we can serve together. So if anyone wants to ever go to togetherpdx.org, PDX is our airport code, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. But togetherpdx.org, there's, there's, uh, there's always things going on in the area of prayer, Pastors can find out about uh, uh, one of dozens of different pastors' prayer groups they can join. There's always things going on in the community service side. There are evangelistic things happening. But this summer, some of the pastors said, you know what, we've been finally coming out of the challenges of COVID. Many of our churches were rocked by various, even sometimes internal struggles and disagreements. Let's get together on the waterfront again. Let's worship together. Let's pray together. Let's share the good news. So that's what we call Together 2023. We're going to be gathering with Matt Redman, with an amazing locally uh, local group of leaders from a number of different churches. Um, uh, Mike Dean, who's an amazing worship leader and, and pastor at Imago Dei Eastside, is pulling together that local worship team. But we're just going to get together. We're going to have some food trucks down there. We're going to spend a couple of hours from 4 to 6 p.m. worshiping, praying, my brother Andrew's going to share the gospel. We're going to have a testimony of someone that's come to Christ in the last year in Portland. So it's going to be a really fun time to be the body of Christ together on Sunday, July 23rd. It's so encouraging to come together with members of the body outside of our own local congregation and to be reminded that we are connected to one another. We have a common call and purpose in the city God has placed us in. So I would encourage people to go to the website because, again, I think you'll find some encouragement to see what's going on in the city with regard to the gospel and the church uh, here in our community. TogetherPDX.org is a great uh, resource for that. Now, in addition to the worship festival, and I want to make sure we emphasize those details in a moment, there are other things going on. From June through August, the Summer of Service uh, is also yes. going on in which the church has opportunity to minister in our uh, community. And, and this time around, uh, serving the houseless neighbors that live in the Portland metro area. We made national headlines again today yes. on that subject. Uh, talk a bit about how we can serve and how the, the body of Christ has come together for that purpose. Yeah, thank you, Georgine. We all know any of us that live in the Portland metro area, we see every single day how this crisis of, of, of among the homeless community is, is it's just everywhere we look. And it's, struggled, you know, to, it's, it's a struggle at times to know, like, what can we do? So a great group of outreach pastors from some of the larger churches got together and said, Let's go interview 40 different nonprofits, some of the obvious faith-based ones like Portland Rescue Mission, Salvation Army, City Team, Union Gospel Mission. Let's find out what their needs are, and let's also go to some of the um, uh, uh, nonprofits that serve the homeless community that aren't necessarily faith-based, but they also wake up every day trying to serve that community. So we, we got to know 40 of them. We had a really nice dinner last November one, just to say thank you. You are on the front line serving this community in ways that we probably couldn't as individuals. 
So we ask the question, how can we serve you and make your life easier? So rather than trying to organize the churches to go directly into these homeless encampments, which we may not be you know, properly mm-hmm. geared up to do, let's come alongside and serve the agencies that are working with the homeless. So we have 40 different agencies that are ready for help. We already have about 25, maybe 30 of those agencies that have been adopted, so to speak, by churches. All that means is some of those agencies are saying, we we would love to have a church come or even a small group from a church come and um, do a, help us do a little makeover of our facilities or do a staff appreciation event, do some beautification of the grounds outside of our organization. So in a way, it's coming alongside the people that are serving the homeless. And that might seem a little indirect, but we want to think sustainably in longer term mm-hmm. rather than just you know, giving a one-time meal. We want to come alongside and hold up the arms, so to speak, of those agencies that are serving the homeless. So people could go to that togetherpdx.org website and find out how your church can get involved and serve one or two particular agencies uh, that are serving the homeless. One other way that they're doing that is we're going to end up producing thousands of kits that, are, that have the materials that these agencies need to serve our houseless friends and neighbors. So you can find out um, an, an, the, the name and details on a nonprofit that's looking for help. You can find out how you can get involved in a beautification project or um, a staff appreciation event, or simply provide um, $10 even as an example to provide a little bit of the materials for one of these kits that are going to help these agencies serve the homeless. So I thought that was a really creative approach. Let's serve those that are waking up every day serving the homeless and are struggling maybe with their own discouragement, and let's let the church hold their arms up. Oh, that's incredible, because they will continue to do the work uh, long after our season has has come to a close. Now, we're we're talking about um, Together PDX and the activities that are taking place this summer. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll continue to take a look at uh, the opportunity to pray for the city, as well as the worship festival coming up on the 23rd of July. And we want to encourage you to be a part of what's going to be a great a great event. Anyway, that's all coming up in just a few moments. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, and I have the distinct privilege of talking with Kevin Palau, President, CEO of the Luis Palau Association, and also working with Together PDX about what's happening this summer in the Portland metro area where the body of Christ has come together to serve, to pray, and then to worship. And we want to make sure that you know that you are invited. If your church isn't uh, involved, uh, talk to the leadership of your church. But we want to come together as the body of Christ and just minister the love of Christ uh, in the community he has placed us in. Now, just before the break, we were talking about the summer of service. There's also opportunity to pray for the city. Uh, that's happening now. I know it's an ongoing effort, but talk a little bit about this summer in which we are praying for the city as the body of Christ coming together. Well, you know, um, when we talk about Together PDX, again, the beautiful thing is it's, it's an ongoing relational network of well over 150 churches. And one aspect of that is a prayer team. So there's a, 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 a wonderful group of leaders from a lot of different churches that are particular prayer warriors. And a wonderful woman named Renee Boucher leads that up. And they've, they've um, kind of put together four areas that they feel should be prayed for this summer in particular, praying for Gen Z, praying for unity in the church, 
praying for salvation and healing, especially for our houseless friends and neighbors, prayer for the hurting and marginalized. And every single Sunday night um, for the next you know month, at least, as we build up to uh, July 23rd in Waterfront Park, there's going to be a special prayer time um, at a small church called Garden Church in Old Town. But the details are all on the website. Yes. But if you're, if you're a particular, if you're a prayer warrior kind of person, you know who you are. You're those people that you can't understand why everybody doesn't want to pray all the time or isn't willing to do 24-7 prayer. If you're one of those kind of people, or even if, frankly, you're not so hardcore, but you just want to be with some brothers and sisters and pray for the city, go to the website and get the details about Sunday nights. Because every Sunday night, building up to July 23rd, we just want to have people from different churches praying together for each other, for the city, for homelessness, um, praying for people to, to hear and respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. We need God's help. Our city is in trouble, and uh, prayer is one amazing way to tackle it. Absolutely. There's also an app, Holy Ground, to prayer walk your neighborhood or your region. So it's just got a lot of great information uh, for what's happening here in the Portland metro area this summer and beyond. So I would encourage you again to go to the website togetherpdx.org and uh, find out uh, more about that. Now, everything culminates on the 23rd of July. Uh, where there's an opportunity for worship on the waterfront. This is a family-friendly event, and I I emphasize that because it is designed for not just the adults to come together for worship, but taking into account that, you know, we've got families, and there are small ones Mm -hmm. and teenage ones and, you know, and everything. Tell us about this worship on the waterfront and what we can expect. Well, you know, it's been been quite a few years since we've attempted to mobilize 100-plus churches. And I think we're at 105 different congregations now, all the way from you know, Troutdale, Gresham area, to Forest Grove and Hillsboro and Beaverton and everything in between Clark County, um, coming together to say, let's have a fun time on a Sunday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. We have five amazing food trucks, kind of iconic Portland food trucks down there to, to provide food for everybody. Um, we're going to have Matt Redman, who, you know, many of us sing his songs on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. at our churches. Matt came to the Lord, by the way, as a 10-year-old. Matt Redman, who was having some real struggles in his family, his mom brought him to a football stadium in London, England, where a guy named Luis Palau preached the gospel and talked about a father in heaven who loves him. And Matt Redman came to know Jesus Christ then. And so ever since he's been an amazing friend, and he jumped at the chance to say, yes, I would love to come to Portland and help lead worship with some local Portland worship leaders. And just just give this opportunity to remind ourselves of the beauty of Jesus Christ, the glory of the good news. We're going to have local leaders from different churches praying for the city. We're going to mostly worship, but we're also going to have um, some testimony shared. My brother, Andrew Palau, who's kind of a chip off the old block and is a gift of evangelism, he's going to share the good news. So if you have friends that need to hear the gospel or people that have drifted away, come and enjoy, hopefully, a beautiful summer, sunny day. Get some food, bring a Frisbee, enjoy the waterfront, but enjoy being together around the gospel of Jesus Christ, too. Well, it's a, a great opportunity to come together, and there's no better place than the waterfront for the, the, the church to come together from our various denominations and locations and cities and uh, different backgrounds and all of that. We come together with a common purpose, and that is lifting up the name of Jesus along the the waterfront of the city of Portland. And that says something not just to to mm-hmm. us as we come together as believers, but it says something to our city. 
uh, when we gather for this purpose, not to suggest what's wrong with the city, but to to simply acknowledge that the Lord of the city cares about what happens here and we care about what happens here and we're responding to his call. Now, for folks who uh, want more information on that, again, you can go to togetherpdx.org and learn more information about the details. Now, my understanding is it all starts at 4 p.m.? That's correct. It's just a couple hours, 4 to 6 p.m., but the food trucks will be there. We're hoping that people will hang out and get some food, meet some people, you know, certainly come with a group from your church, but meet some people from other churches. And um, it's going to be a beautifully diverse representation of the body of Christ. There are churches of every denomination and ethnicity, young and old. It's going to be a beautiful thing to be together. And we're going to celebrate this summer of service there as well. We're going to have we're going to kind of remind ourselves of some of the good things that would have already happened at that point. But this is kind of smack dab in the middle of the summer on purpose. We're hoping to use that at uh, Together 23 rally, the worship time, to also remind people, hey, the, the crisis continues. Portland needs help. Find a simple way to maybe just with a small group from your church to engage with one of the many agencies that are serving the homeless. So it's going to be a combination of prayer, worship, sharing the gospel, and celebrating the, the community service uh, efforts of our churches. Again, and you can get all the details together, pdx.org. I would encourage you to do that, uh, to join us for the worship evening on the 23rd of July, to involve yourself in the summer of service or to pray for the city, whether that's meeting on a Sunday evening or it's uh, prayer walking in your neighborhood. You can find all the important details and how to connect uh, with what's going on here in our community at that uh, website. You know, I'm I'm so encouraged to see that the Palau Association is continuing to reach out uh, beyond the city of Portland, but that we have not been forgotten. This is this is mm-hmm. home. Luis Palau belonged to us. And uh, by yeah. extension, you and, and your family, your brother belong to us. Yeah. I, I can't let you go before I ask you how your mom is doing. Thank you, Georgine. She is doing so well. She's 85 now. Oh, she her her dad a ton. They were they were married for you know 55 years, and it's really more than 55 years. She is doing really really well. See her at church every single Sunday. She just sold her house, and she's moving to a a, a wonderful retirement community right around the corner from my brother Andrew and his wife Wendy. So she is. Sharing the good news. She's part of Bible studies. She's enjoying her grandkids. And now her first great grandchild, <laughs> I'm a grandpa now, Ezekiel Luis Palau is five months old. Oh, and, congratulations. Uh, so we got another generation of Palau's running around the Portland area. Oh, excellent. Well, I, again, am so grateful that you have continued the work of sharing the gospel. It's not just your father's legacy, although we love him so dearly. We recognize that connection. Mm-hmm. But you are following the commission that, that Christ has given to all of us to preach the good news, to share the gospel, to faithfully serve him in the city that we have been uh, placed. And you have continued to do that faithfully and beyond around the world. Where's your next big festival outside of the uh, the U.S.? Or for yeah, that matter, next, in the, the U.S.? Next- yeah, well, exactly. But the next big one we have is Nairobi, Kenya. It's a very, very large city. So in September, we're in Nairobi. In October, Andrew and Wendy are in uh, Cairo, Egypt. November, Montevideo, which is the capital of Uruguay. And then in December, we just got the word that we're able to go back to mainland China for the first time in years. And we've, it's been amazing the favor we've had and the ability to go do Christmas outreaches. As long as they're on church 
grounds, church property, we've had full freedom to share the gospel there. So it's going to be a busy September, October, November, December. And actually for the summer, we're putting all our focus on Portland. Well, we are are grateful for that. I would encourage our listeners, if you're not familiar uh, with Proclaim, that kind of helps you keep in touch with what's going on with the Palau Association. That's a great uh, publication to uh, subscribe to. Is there a, a hard copy or is it just online subscription? How do you connect with that? You can, yeah, if people want to go to, to palau.org, P-A-L-A-U.org, you can always find out what we're doing. But uh, yeah, there is, a, there is a printed one that's mailed out for people that like that. You can also get an online version. But yeah, it just tells super encouraging stories yes. of God at work around the world, the power of the gospel, the way that in this case, the Palau Association, we're just one of countless amazing organizations trying to share the gospel. But we are really encouraged, even with that gone, my brother Andrew and his wife, Wendy, thank God, have this amazing heart and gift in evangelism. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing thousands of other evangelists, seeing the church unite around the gospel. Lots of things happening in the digital space where the gospel can be shared. We all know the problems of the internet and and the, the, the discouraging things of social media. But it is also an opportunity to share the gospel. So we're doing that as well. Yeah, God always has a redemptive purpose for things that are misused. So grateful for that. Very true. Well, I'm looking forward to worshiping together on July the 23rd. want to encourage our listeners to check out the website, togetherpdx.org, for more information about that and the summer in service and a prayer for the city. And again, thank you so much, Kevin, for your faithfulness and for taking the time to talk with us here today. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, and God's going to use us to make a difference this summer and beyond. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.